1: This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by both Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. Another week of Packers football, and we are off to a very different start this week. We have a lot of fun to talk about because the Packers got, I don't know if it's unexpected, but they got a win this week, you guys. How are you?
2: Yeah, I I think it's good to be here coming off of a frustrating win rather than a frustrating loss, which is what we've been very accustomed to over the last five to six weeks. Um, so that feels really uplifting. Also, the Packers are only a game and a half out of a playoff spot, which I know is very realistic, and nobody's going to judge me for saying that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so exciting stuff to to come uh, throughout the show. How are you doing, Maggie?
3: Yeah, Andrew, I don't know if you heard, but it's tank season is what I've been told, oh. so I don't think we're allowed to to talk about the playoffs but no I mean it is it's fun to I'm pretty sure Andrew ended the show last week by saying see y'all next week when we have to talk about another loss so it feels really good (laughs) to not have to do that again because it was feeling a little too predictable
1: it does feel good to be here to talk about a win and some success on the field the Rams came to town and the Packers did actually win a football game it's a good change of pace as we've said it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but there was improvement and lots of encouraging things on the football field today. All in all, Green Bay got the W-20-3, the final score, and we're here to talk all about it on today's show. Yeah, so first half,
2: the Rams do start with the opening kickoff. They get a third down conversion to Puka Nakua. Close to a push-off, but it did look like a clean play on review. Rams run an end-around to Ben Skoranek on third and inches. It was really well played by Green Bay, but also Ben Skoranek slips. And that leads to a Rams punt. The Packers get the ball on the 8th on another special teams penalty. Hey, penalties, that'll be a theme. Uh, Third down conversion on a nice crosser by Dontavian Wicks. A third and one A.J. Dillon uh, pickup. And then the Packers convert fourth and one on a love quarterback sneak. We're going to end it there because I don't want to talk about the rest of it. Oh, wait, there's an offside call on an offensive lineman. Hey, that'll be a theme, too. Uh, Certainly wasn't Nyman who was called. They they called it offsides in 73. It definitely wasn't Yash. Uh, highly questionable. If it was a legit penalty, I think you could probably draw a line down the end of the ball in the line of scrimmage and maybe touch John Ronan jr's helmet. But, uh, anyways, that's what it was called. So it's a punt back to the Rams. Rashawn Gary gets a 15 yard face mask on the very first play of the drive. Then he comes back, next play, gets a sack, uh, but he was offsides. The Rams get a first down, but they have a botched snap that is made worse by Brett Rippon trying to make a play, and he is stripped by Jonathan Owens, recovered by Devondre Campbell. Three first downs on the ground for the Packers after the fumble recovery Jones, Dylan Jones, and then an Aaron Jones touchdown. So 7 0 Packers.
1: That sequence of first downs was like, in some ways, super exciting. Like all it took was just to get a string of first down and we were cooking. Of course, we ended with the touchdown, but there are so many things that need attention for this team to get back on track for the rest of the season. This is just one game, but getting Aaron Jones back and effective and fully available. Jones is huge for this team. It was so obvious watching the game today. It takes pressure off the young players on the offense and especially your young quarterback as well. And it's just fun to finally see 33 get back into the end zone, we haven't seen in a while, right? It's been since week one, and clearly Green Bay has missed what Jones does bring on offense.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit later, too. But it just it keeps the defense honest. We This has been a theme all season, right, where the Packers just can't get the run game going, and then they're reliant on a passing game that's not working so it was really refreshing Matt Lafleur had said earlier this week that they were ready to cut Aaron Jones loose and we really saw that today against the Rams he looked healthy got the offense on the board in the second corner finally you know first half score for the Packers and it was just a very needed injection I think of Jones into the offense and it was nice to see them capitalize before you know halftime.
2: Yeah, and it's really nice. I think one of the things that Aaron Jones brings is you don't have to block every play perfectly in order for him to get nice gains. You you saw on... Countless plays during this stretch where uh, somebody might be in the backfield, but Jones instinctively makes the cut back and makes his offensive lineman correct when they might have been wrong. Um, a play that maybe AJ Dillon doesn't make, but but Jones being back and seemingly at full health was a huge boost to the Packers in this one. Uh, the Rams' first drive of the second quarter ends up being a three and out with a beautiful third down breakup by Carrington Valentine and a pass to Tutu Atwell. There's a nice end around to Jaden Reed for 21 yards and a nice block. I can't believe I'm saying this by Josiah Dagora on third and seven. Jordan Love has Christian Watson with a ton of space on a deep ball into the end zone. But Love underthrows him, makes it a really, really difficult attempt, which Watson has pretty much no chance to come down with. Uh, and the Packers end up choosing to punt.
1: Yeah, that throw is definitely one that Love is going to want back. Uh, I think he's he said as much in the in the postgame press conferences that he's really frustrated by that. But uh, Watson did win with speed. Love just underthrew him. And uh, the miss is on Love either way, no matter how you look at it. But you kind of wonder, I almost wonder, if it's a timing thing as much as it is an underthrow, right? Because the ball reaches the front of the end zone, maybe a yard or two inside of it. So you kind of wonder if Love kind of got the ball where he wanted it, but he just should have let it rip a little bit earlier so that it arrived on time for Watson to make the play. And it wasn't late. But either way, the play could have been six points. But instead, the Packers end up punting. And that was really disappointing, assuming, you know, what could have been. Yeah. And after that, that punt, the Rams do go three
2: and out again. It's a nice punt from Ethan Evans, but a 16 yard return by Keyshawn Nixon, setting the Packers up with pretty good field Field position. Uh, The Packers do go for it on a fourth down again on the next drive. Fourth and inches. Love sneak. And then again, called for offensive offsides on John Runyon Jr. Again.
1: Yeah, so maybe, like, I'm missing something. I'm open to this because, like, on the broadcast, they seem to think that it was legitimate. I think they brought in, like, the New York guy to say that it was legitimate. But I didn't see where Runyon was in the neutral zone At all on this play. And you said, like, maybe you draw that line and he clips his helmet or something. But I I don't know. Matt LaFleur was really, really mad about this call. Obviously, another drive killing penalty, which you just can't have. But it's a little harder to accept when they're so questionable. And this one felt like it kind of came out of the blue.
3: I think that this might partially be my fault because I said that the Packers would run of the brotherly shove and it wouldn't work and they would call it the Lambo bleep. So I think <laughs> that the two penalties might have something to yes. do with our show last week. But yeah. yeah, I mean, as much as we want to talk about these self-inflicted penalties and there are plenty of them that happen for the Packers, it's really hard to then rationalize the fourth and inches penalties today because there are there are many many warranted criticisms and legit penalties and then you get some where it's like wow this team really cannot get out of their own way and you know you can't live or die by the refs we've seen that in a ton of games so it's not an excuse but they had plenty of chances to pick up first downs without leaving it in that situation so it just felt like this Packers offense was, like, finally getting into a rhythm, getting itself rolling. And I think they definitely left some points on the board. They could have put up more than 20 or more than 23 if you count the, the field goal that Carlson missed. So it's frustrating when those promising drives stall out because, yes, it's not like the Rams are, you know, an elite football team. But the Packers had the opportunity to score a lot today.
2: Yeah, and I think if you... Uh, If Packers do end up punching in even one or two of those drives, you're starting to look at an offensive statement game instead of just kind of a nice win. Uh, So, to finish off the first half, Brett Rippin does get a first on a scramble on a third down. Then the Rams get a 34-yard completion to Cooper Cup on third down. First down conversion to Puka Nakua on another third down. So the Rams just keep just keep uh converting third downs. This is actually very similar to what we saw last week. Uh but but the Rams can't convert on their fourth, third down of the drive. They do connect on a 52-yard field goal. It is seven to three Packers. When they get the ball back, there's a defensive pass interference on the Rams to get a quick first down, a first down completion to Romeo Dobbs. Love scrambles for a first at midfield with one minute to go, but then Malik Heath with a drop. It wasn't necessarily a great throw, but it was catchable. Love takes a bad sack, a big completion on third and 17 to Dobbs, but then you get the Jaden Reed false start. And then the Packers have to go quick slant to read to set up the Anders Carlson field goal attempt, which he pushes left. Now, I will say the clock management on this drive was not particularly good. The execution looked good to start the drive, and then the Packers really kind of just pulled what we have seen so far of this 2023 Packers team. The first half concludes with seven penalties on Green Bay for 47 yards. Only 68 yards passing, two-thirds of which were on that final drive of the half. Uh, A 7-3 lead at halftime is very nice, but I will say lots and lots to clean up.
1: Yeah, in hindsight, you forget, like I forget at least, like how what happened at different points in the game. And this is a good reminder that things were pretty messy up until halftime. And you weren't feeling like it was a very different experience than what we had uh, the week prior last week. So uh, let's jump into that second half as things kind of started to uh, go a little bit better here. Um, Keyshawn Nixon brought out the second half kick almost to midfield, a really nice return for him. And he gave Green Bay a great field position to get things started in the third quarter. We've given Nixon some, you know, some grief for some of those decisions throughout the season. But this is why the coaching staff and the special teams unit lets him do it because sometimes it pays off. Uh, but So they're in good position to start, but Love's next completion to Dontavian Wicks was for nine yards, and Wicks didn't think that was enough, so he tried to stretch for that last yard to get a new set of downs and lost the ball on the extension. The ball bounced directly into the arms of a Rams defender there, and you know it really just kind of felt like a good representation of the Packers' season thus far, right? Probably it was a mistake that, Mix, that Wicks never should have made, You've got to protect the ball in that situation, but just so comical that it was a perfect bounce to the defender right into his hands. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the Rams ball, and that's just how, how it works. Uh, L.A. began with great field position there, but they were unable to do anything with it. Nakua got called for an offensive pass interference, and the Rams couldn't recover from that mistake. Uh, Green Bay gets the ball back deep in their own territory. The center Myers got called for, in my opinion, a kind of bogus holding call that put the Packers in a bind. But on 3rd and 12, Love finds Jones out of the backfield, and they convert a really, really nice play there. Uh, The broadcast highlighted that Rasheed Walker was in at left tackle at that point and made a nice block on the play. But then, of course, because we can't have nice things on the very next play, Aaron Jones is on his way to another big gain when he fumbles the ball forward and it's scooped up by the Rams defense. But we're not done with the fumbles, people, because the Rams offense follows up with its own fumble by Royce Freeman. But in this case, the review clearly shows that Freeman's elbow was down. So. Forced with a big third and two. The Packers defense comes through with a huge stop in this situation. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie gets into the backfield and stops Royce Freeman before he has anywhere to go at all. The Rams are forced to settle for three, but the Rams rookie kicker misses the attempt. And we are still, after all that, sitting at seven to three, Green Bay, with about six minutes left in the third after a bit of an emotional roller coaster and about a million fumbles. Yeah, so a lot of topsy-turvy, turnover-worthy
2: uh, plays going through, through the first half of the third quarter. Um, there are three straight completions to start the drive for Green Bay on their next possession. Musgrave, Wicks, and then Musgrave again. The Packers do get down into the red zone, but an Aaron Donald sack forces the Packers to settle for three. This makes it 10-3, to Green Bay Packers. The Rams get a... Th- Big third down completion of Puka Nakua, which ends the third quarter.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot. I think you want to see this offense clean up. We've gone over it. You just mentioned all the fumbles, Kyle. I thought Love did a nice job kind of taking what the defense was giving him, especially in the first half. But I also felt like he got away from that a little bit in the second half and held the ball too long, took some unnecessary sacks. Clock management, like Andrew mentioned, is not great to end the half. So you can't do that when you're asking your O-line to block an all-pro like Aaron Donald. So you knew he was going to make his plays. The ball had to come out quickly. I liked the decision to take the point since we had seen Carlson miss a field goal already. And, you know, I think you want to make sure you're building a buffer in this case hoping the Rams don't come back down the field, but it just, it's frustrating to keep seeing this offense stall out, right? It's just another drive that should have ended in six points instead of three. So if the Packers can kind of get that red zone defense or red zone offense cooking again, I think that there's a lot of potential there.
2: Yeah, and so we head into the for uh, the fourth quarter, I should say. The Rams go for it on fourth and down, fourth down to open the quarter. Easy for me to say. And Colby Wooden cuts through for a fantastic stop and a turnover on downs. The Packers end up with a really, really ugly three and out. And then Jair makes a tremendous play, ranging back in the zone to tip the rip and pass. And Anthony Johnson Jr. is there for his first career interception. The Packers have a nice out route to Dontavian Wicks and a couple of nice runs. They do end up having to settle for an Anders Carlson field goal. This makes it 13-3 Green Bay. The Packers get another three and out by the defense. They were just holding the Rams to next to nothing the entire second half. The Packers running the clock, a big third down conversion to Wicks, then another third down conversion to Christian Watson on a fantastic contested catch on a deep ball, which Watson did seem to get hurt on. Uh, the Packers with the touchdown to Luke Musgrave on a beautiful play design with a fake screen pass and then a dart over the middle. That made it 20-3 to Green Bay, pretty comfortable from there on out. The Rams turn it over on downs, and then the Packers run out the clock.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the play design there to, uh, to Luke Musgrave on the touchdown. I just I did feel like this game, the play calling and the offensive creativity was up a notch from what we've seen in weeks past. And I don't know where that falls because you kind of feel like almost as things haven't worked that they'd have to simplify things. But it almost feels like the opposite was true. There was a few connections uh, to the way that they got the ball to Jaden Reed. And then, of course, this touchdown where the offensive creativity was just really, really fun to watch. And something that I think you're going to get excited about if they can continue to build on that. So fun to see that at the end of this game. But we said it earlier, this was not a perfect performance by any stretch. But they found a way to get the monkey off their back, to get the win, and gain a little confidence. And I think that that goes a long way in turning the tides for this team. Uh, the defense absolutely balled out in this game. They only allowed three points. I know they left some points on the field, and I know that it was Brett Ripon, right? Like, there's some context to this. But this is a defense that could have come out sluggish after losing Rasul Douglas in a trade this week, but they didn't. They came and they played really, really well, and I think that that's encouraging for the rest of the season and the way that this defense will continue uh, to maybe hold this team up until the offense get things going. But uh, So that's the performance. We're glad we got the W. But let's talk a little bit about the players that made this game possible. Uh, Who are your players of the game this week, you guys?
4: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else struggle with the seasonal blues? I know for me personally, it's not so much the hustle and bustle or anxiety of the season. It's more of memories of holidays past. Thinking back to times when my kids were younger, when different family members were still around, it can all make me extremely nostalgic for holidays that have come and gone. Now, everyone's a little bit different, and for a multitude of reasons, this time of season can be a lot. And if that's you too, don't fret. It's natural to feel sadness, anxiety, or stress during the holiday season. I think something that we can easily forget is that therapy can be a bright spot amidst all the stress and chaos. It can be something to look forward to. It can make you feel grounded, and it can give you the tools that you need to manage everything that's going on in your life. I've personally benefited from therapy in the past. I'm sure I'm going to benefit from therapy again in the future. I've learned to take a deep breath and enjoy the moments that are happening in the here and the now, and I try to slow down in those crazy, busy moments that are sure to exist this holiday season. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, extremely convenient, and can be suited to your unique schedule. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash packaday. Cue the dramatic music. We have a public service announcement. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code Packaday. High-tech for low places, Manscaped. Personally, Manscaped is my go-to for all of my grooming needs. Manscaped has some crazy technology that helps prevent nicks, cuts, snags, and tugs in all those ultra-sensitive places. I also personally recommend the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion that just makes the entire experience so much better. In an area that you have to have trust, I trust Manscaped, and you should too. Right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code packaday at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship, so get yours today from our folks over at Manscaped. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: Yeah, and before I get to my player, I just wanted to say a special shout-out as a, a key part of the game. Uh, the Lambeau Field crowd seemed to be pretty juiced up. Um, yeah. I don't know, at least that's the way I came across on the TV telecast. Yeah, I agree. And so kudos kudos to the fans that were there today for for getting loud in a uh, you know game where the Packers are really, really struggling coming in. It seems like Tank Fest uh, supposedly, according to Twitter, after the Rasul trade, but uh, it did seem like the crowd was really into it, and so uh, great job there. Uh, my player of the game is going to be Carrington Valentine, my 89th-ranked player in the draft, somehow landed all the way down in the seventh round, and then after a really promising preseason, Valentine's first half of the season has been a little disappointing, but... After Rasul Douglas trade, Valentine got a chance, and he's going to continue to get chances against a really good receiving core in this one. And man, did did Carrington have a fantastic game. He looks the part of an NFL starting cornerback and was a huge part in totally shutting down this Rams offense today.
3: Yeah, I mean, we had gone into this game, right, saying there's no Russell Doug. And this was even before the Russell Douglas trade. We were like, oh, good. The Packers secondary has been struggling. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are going to go for like 400 yards of offense. And then we see this performance from the secondary. I feel like so many players could potentially get game balls this week. And I I messaged this to Perry mid-game. And I said, do a lot of players deserve game balls? Or are we just like finally so pleased to see average football? Like they're playing pretty well do they all get game balls or is it just been so bad that now we're like, Oh my God, there's a silver lining, but no, really. I think the entire 2023 draft class showed out today. I'll call Anthony Johnson jr. My formal player of the game, because he made some really nice plays alongside Jonathan Owens at safety, being down both starters back there with Savage on injured reserve and Ford inactive. That had the potential to be pretty dicey, especially with your injury riddled cornerback group, losing Rasul, like we just talked about, but I Johnson, you know, also got his first pick, like you mentioned earlier. So just not a bad showing for his first NFL start. A lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so Carrington Valentine was going to be mine, but Andrew stole that one. I've slowly been trying to steal Carrington Valentine from Andrew since the pre draft process because he was higher on him than I was, but I haven't successfully taken him completely away. I'm glad you got away. Uh, to to brag on that 89th-ranked player there, Andrew. That's, that's awesome. But Carrington, I mean, what a game. It's so exciting to see him come out and play the way that he did. Uh, but I'll take the low-hanging fruit here since you guys took the other exciting defensive players. I'm going to talk Aaron Jones here. I just think, I mean, no surprise, but this guy came in. After, I'm sure, being frustrated that the team wouldn't unleash him a little bit more. I think we were all a little bit nervous because he's wearing the red no-contact jersey all week in practice. Apparently, that was like, this guy is finally right. Do not touch him (laughs) because he (laughs) was able to go out there on the field today and really perform up to his standards. He got the touchdown. And you can just tell it really does add a lot of energy to the offense. There were a lot of situations where... They're in second and seven or second and five, and that may not seem like a big deal, but that's a huge contrast to what we've seen the last couple of weeks where we're starting out, you know, second and nine or second and twelve or second and fifteen with a penalty. And Aaron Jones is a big reason why they were able to lean on that um and and just get a lot of uh, generate a lot of offense just from simple handoffs that we haven't seen in the last couple of weeks with the running game. So huge shout out to Aaron Jones and the impact that he had. This week, but uh, that's the players. Uh, Is there a play of the game that sticks out to you guys uh, that you feel like is the play of the game?
3: So it's really hard to pick, I think, one key play. You could argue that momentum swinging moment or that had the potential to be a momentum swinging moment was the Wicks fumble that the Rams recovered. It felt like, you know, the Packers were kind of getting something going. They had the really promising return to start. And then that was, you know, when you thought the brakes were going to come off and this thing could get out of hand for the Packers. But instead of, you know talking about that. I don't want to be negative. <laughs> we finally get to talk about a winning football game, so I want to talk about that, right? Instead of the the negatives, I think as a whole, just the tenacity of the secondary. You know, Andrew mentioned Valentine as his key player. I mentioned Anthony Johnson Jr. I thought Jair had just a phenomenal day today. You can tell he's starting to actually feel healthy again. The defense had 10 passes defensed. They only had 27 all season, which averages out to like 3.8 per game so yeah it was not a great quarterback we talked about that but the secondary needed this kind of outing and they delivered and each time valentine or jair got in there and broke up a pass it just brought so much energy to the defense and the defense made a ton of stops i thought jonathan owens looks really good you know in his limited opportunities isaiah mcduffie looked really good coming in for quay who was inactive today like I think you can argue that there have been a lot have a lot of should haves this season that the Packers should have won, should have scored here, should have done this. And yes, like that's very true, but this is also the kind of building block for a team that they need, that you can work off of in every phase. So your offense is stringing drives together. Now you're getting rushing first downs. I think they had 10 rushing and 10 passing first downs after having only one rushing first down the entire game last week. So Defense is flying around making plays like when you can hold any team to three points, that's a win that should be celebrated. So there's still a lot to clean up. Obviously, the self-inflicted penalties and the momentum killing stuff just top of your priority list, but can tell this is a football team that's energized and definitely exercise some demons now that they're stopping that four game losing streak.
2: Yeah, and I didn't pick a particular play of the game because there were about four different three and outs that I thought were all really, <laughs> really important. I think that, you know, probably the Jair tip pass with the Johnson interception might have been it if if I picked one. But I'm going to just go with the overall feel of this one. The defense came out just firing and guys were. Playing pretty cocky in the in the uh, secondary. I love that Carrington Valentine swagger. Uh, kind of looks like a young. Jair Alexander back there uh, just, you know, talking smack and backing it up. I, I really love the way the defense was flying around when they had a lot of reasons to be down on themselves, uh, both based on their play and then also the events of this week. And then I really love, you mentioned the the Wicks fumble, that sideline situation where Aaron Jones has his arm around him, Romeo Dobbs comes over. This is a team that's staying together so far. They believe in themselves, they believe in each other, and that's something that's really, really easy to fall apart when you're in this situation. And so all credit to the coaching staff and the leaders in the locker room for for keeping all of this together. And one other thing that I just wanted to mention, I know that the, the Packers defense has obviously been getting buried, Joe buried, uh, <laughs> because – because they're not doing good things against terrible offenses and bad quarterbacks and so on and so forth. And yes, you deserve criticism for that. But I also think there's going to be an overcorrection to like, well, they did this against Brett Ripon, so who cares? Guess what? There are a lot of backup quarterbacks playing in the NFL right now. And if you take a look at the Packers schedule going forward, they get the Steelers, who have a very good record right now, but have not looked good at all all season, uh, led by Kenny Pickett, who does not look like a good NFL quarterback. Yes, they're going to struggle against that defense, but the Steelers offense is not necessarily something to write home about either. Um, Then they have that really tough stretch, right? Chargers, Lions, Chiefs. After that, the Packers are going to play the Giants. It looks like Daniel Jones' season is done, so that's going to be maybe Tyrod Taylor or... uh, Anthony DeVito. Uh boy would I hope that it's Anthony DeVito after the way he's played the last two weeks. You get Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers, Bryce Young, who's really struggling through his rookie year, the Vikings who will have probably Josh Jobs at that point. Um, and then the Bears with Justin Field's question mark. So, you know. Judging the Packers based on how they play against bad quarterbacks is probably how we're going to measure them the rest of the way uh, after the Chiefs game. So, yeah, they, they did it against a backup quarterback, but I, I don't necessarily think that there are a huge amount of challenges after this next month of the season uh, facing the Packers down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and I think just to build off of what you're saying, I think it's really cool uh, to talk about that defensive line, in particular the young guys, right? Like Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks, Van Ness, all making big, big plays. And like you said, like this is a group that like could be really discouraged, but all these guys are playing for something. And I think that that's exciting, knowing that this is a team that is building for the future. It's not just about this year. This is kind of an evaluation year, but they're giving it what they have right now. And to see all those guys, look like they could carve out a role for this defense could speak to the depth that they could have on that defensive front. And I mean, we're in a place where we're looking for reasons to be excited. And I think that that's, that's a pretty legitimate one when you had that much talent built into your defensive line.
2: Absolutely. And so uh, we always like to touch base on the injuries that happened during the game. And Kenny Clark, of course, a scary one, the shoulder injury did not return was carted off the field. Um, But based on some post-game comments by both Kenny Clark and Matt Lafleur, it sounded like maybe that wasn't as serious as it looked, Uh, sort of an I'll be fine mentality. So we'll hope for the best in that one. Yash Nyman did leave the game with a back injury, did not return. That one is a major bummer because Yash looked really, really good early on. Um, You know, hopefully a nice chance for Walker to bounce back and and play well. But back injuries and offense alignment, especially at the size of Yash Diamond, not great. Keyshawn Nixon did have what appeared to be a shoulder injury, did return to the game. Uh, So that one appears like it'll be okay. And then Christian Watson went to the tunnel, uh, but was under his own strength. Uh, and it sounded like there was a possible chest, back, uh, and being evaluated for concussion issue going on there. Of course, coming down very hard after that contested catch, uh, so we will see how that one turns out. So, any anything else about injuries or or this game that you wanted to close out with?
3: It's just nice to see winning football.
2: <laughs> yes. It certainly is. Uh, so that's a great way to cap it off. Uh, that is all the time that we have today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Make sure you go and check out and subscribe to Pax What She Said. And you can also find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to Packer Day Podcast. Please, if you haven't yet, go out. Give us a five-star rating. We are so appreciative to that. Uh, Leave a comment. uh, You know, if you're watching Andy on YouTube, make sure you like that and subscribe to the channel. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday. And we will be back next week with a breakdown of the Packers' Week 10 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm guessing we'll hear about this guy, uh, TJ Watt, at some point this season. I heard the Packers (laughs) might have been able to draft him. Uh, That won't get annoying at all. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember...